three, two, one. Hey, Julie. Yes, here we are on the weekend. Yes, so this is our more relaxed Sunday at the beach show. And you guys can't see us, but we're not technically at the beach. We're at our house, which is... Beach close. Like three minutes away, right? So we're beach close. You may hear parrots. You've been warned. And some other strange bird we've never heard before, but I can't see him yet. Yeah, which is quite loud. Yeah, we'll Well, see. If we hear him squawking and we'll put one of the mics up so you guys can maybe, one of you can tell us what the heck it is. Hopefully it's not something that likes dehumans. You never know down here (laughs) in Puerto Rico. That's right. (laughs) Well. Oh, yeah, and we had another earthquake uh, yesterday morning. Yeah, thanks for all of you who are uh, emailing us and texting us, asking us if we're okay. Um, truth is, I didn't even know what happened until Julie told me in the morning. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. early in the morning. But listen, so this is our Sunday debrief at the beach show, and um, we're not going to have any formal presentation. And Julie and I are just going to talk about wherever the heck we want to mm-hmm. talk about, kind of decompressing for our week, preparing for the new week. And hopefully you guys are imagining yourself sitting here with us and participating in the conversation, because that's how I kind of think of these conversations I'm having with Julie, imagining if we're having it with a third or fourth person here, mm-hmm. kind of all sharing the experience together. So, um, Julie. Yes. Your highlights from the past week? You know, I have to say that it seems, you know, most of my highlights come from just a couple of different areas. One is, of course, the continuous continuous adventure of homeschooling Zoe and bringing up two bulldogs, so on the personal level. <laughs> and uh, our walks together, of course, are always a highlight um, in the beach time. But from the business side of things, it seems that many of our listeners and certainly our coaching clients have rounded the bend. Not all of them probably, but many of them are in acceptance, taking action, changing how they go about things and getting on with life and business. And I'm really proud of them for that. And I also had a lot of very heartfelt texts, emails, and you know stuff on Facebook and certainly in the premier coaching class of gratitude that you know they, they were saying to me, hey, you know what? We're going to be okay because we did what you were telling us to do all these years, we were saving 10%, 15%. We were saving, we, you know, we're not going to be in too much trouble, we think, because we feel more prepared. And I thought, you know, that was really awesome to hear. Makes yeah. me so proud of them. Yeah, definitely. No, I received a lot of calls like that, too. Well, it's because, Julie, the people that are closest to us are personal clients. And frankly, not all of our personal clients are we close to. We're close to a That's lot of true. the ones that aren't even personal clients. Yeah. But um, if they've been listening to us for a long period of time, they've no that you and I've always been in the getting ready for it to start phase. That's yeah. kind of like the constant stance that Julie and I've always been in. And whatever the it was, we never knew, but we were always, you know, hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. And, um, and trying to read the tea leaves along the way so that we could best prepare you guys. Right. And so I think we've done that for a lot of you guys. And I'm really appreciative of the fact that, frankly, past Tim and Julie were successful in helping, you know, the past versions of all of you guys listening pre- be prepared. And um, I do feel sorry and I am very concerned uh, to the point of being, you know, sometimes losing sleep, to be honest with you, because we do have a lot of calls and emails from people that aren't prepared, or maybe they just discovered us, or maybe we're, you know, this past week, I lost well, something else I'm grateful for. I think Julie and I were maybe presenting or guests on other people's podcasts or just different brokerages and groups, probably about 15 different groups that, um, you know, where people are wanting us to take our message of hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. You know, uh, in case you guys haven't listened to our presentation on the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, I'll just shortcut it for you. It's broken into three parts. The first one is personal. The second part is protect. And the third part is profit. The first part is the part that all of you absolutely positively need to be doing urgently. We're going to tell you, and it's a free coaching program, how to literally put your own mask on first 
in the truest financial sense and take advantage of all the government programs that are available out there. We've sort of decoded the whole process and, and uh, cut through all the Mickey Mouse and really a lot of the red tape and also cut through a lot of the bad information that seems to perpetuate itself out there, and especially on Facebook. So if you're wanting to get access to that free coaching program, which includes a daily semi-private coaching call for free, right? Free coaching program. Just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And we're going to send you back a join link and just click it and, you know, establish your username, password, login and do it. Well, I have to say that I'm really grateful that you and I pushed through our apprehension, frankly. Yes. About... um, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. I don't even remember feeling this way now, but I know I was apprehensive about telling agents how to go on unemployment. <laughs> I yeah, know. It, well, yeah. I mean, is that a sentence that you ever thought would come no. out of your own mouth? Nope, I don't. But I, I mean, I'm glad I did now, truthfully. Yeah, I'm glad you and I broke through that, our own BS two months ago, and we decided to really drill down. We spent, I don't even know. I mean, you know, here's another thing I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> for. This is the first week, Julie, in two months where we haven't spent like 60 hours learning bullshit that we hoped we'd never have to learn. <laughs> exactly. I mean, shit. It's, it's settled down a little bit. It's settled down. I'm There's, sure there'll be more rounds of it, though. They're, they're not changing and updating. There wasn't a lot of changes and updates to all the programs. So, yeah. guys, we're talking about the you know SBA PPP. We're talking about the SBA, SBA EIDL. We're talking about the SBA... Um, you know, well, the uh, unemployment and the stimulus, stimulus checks. Check, unemployment and how to put your uh, mortgages yep. in forbearance. And, um, you know, I was on the phone today, actually, with, not on the phone, I was tech, no, I was talking to him, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember, <laughs> with Jay Kender, you know, he's a friend, longtime friend of Julie and I's, and he's got a really fantastic um, revenue share group over at EXP, and one of the most successful people at EXP, and I was talking with him about all these different programs, and I was really grateful to hear him um, wanting me to give all the details so I can pass along to all of his agents, because he gets it too. The more agents we help survive through this incredibly difficult time uh the better off everyone's going to be and so you know there's there's that so if you guys have a group that you want julie and i to present this information to we don't charge to do it it the whole presentation usually lasts between a half hour and 45 minutes depending on how much caffeine julie and i had had prior right. to the and how many calls in we are <laughs> yeah exactly but if you want us to present this information to your group just text me directly at 512-758-0206 and the whole purpose of this straight up is for us to basically help as many agents get through this and i'm grateful um for the short-term benefit that the government has given to all small business owners and specifically i'm really grateful for national association of realtors because i know they were very instrumental in making all these programs apply to real estate agents because previously there was essentially no bailout programs for anyone that was self-employed let alone real estate agents and now there's these there's really five or six dedicated ones that if you guys know how to do it um you're going to be able to get we figured julie and i figured that if the average american has a house payment of uh 3500 bucks, and the average American has an income of uh, $50,000 or no, $60,000. We're figuring agents here. We did all the math. The average realtor is going to be able to save, uh, essentially, put in their pocket and receive around $60,000. It was like an average between forty seven dollars and about $57,000. So what I'm telling you is if you do exactly what we're telling you between the money you'll save not making your mortgage parent payment for 12 months and yes you can do it that way and the amount of money you can receive from the various government programs conservatively it should be in the 40,000s that you'll be able to either put in your pocket from like a forgivable loan or that you won't have to spend and it won't leave your pocket in terms of a mortgage forbearance so if that doesn't excite you it, it absolutely should because the average American has $400 saved 
Um, and man, I hope we can present this information to literally every agent that's out there so they can take advantage of all these programs. It's going to be the difference between many of you guys making it and not making it. Because here's the other thing I talked, I was just actually texting with Jay mm-hmm. right before um, we started recording, is that we were noticing, Jay and I are both noticing inside EXP, because Julie and I are part of EXP as well, that May closings looks pretty strong. And, um, you know, that's, and if you, you know, extrapol- extrapolate the data and try to figure out where there's going to be headwinds to closings and revenue and uh, revenue coming into brokerages, it's not. It doesn't make sense that May would be a bad month. It does make sense that June and July will be a bad month because the average closings nowadays, and this was the average. Now remember, guys, this was the average closing before the pandemic was what forty-five to sixty days. So let's call it forty-five days. So sales that happen in April would be paying maybe and you know March, April. I'm sorry, March or May. I'm sorry, May or June, right? Yeah. April, May or June. Sometimes I forget my months. So talk to Zoe. She's got to do them in Spanish. <laughs> She'll sing them to you. We should have her up here. <laughs> we should. Dada. You know what? January, she probably. February. Yes, she would. <laughs> well, so th- there it is. So it makes sense to me that May would be strong. Um, it doesn't make sense to me that June and July will be strong because everyone was in lockdown for, I would say, arguably half of March, all of April. And then if you live in places like where Julie and I live, we live here in Puerto Rico. Then you're talking about all of May. Oh, yes, that's right. We get locked down for all of May. Lucky us. But, you know, let's just say you're not in a a, um, place where you're locked down at the end of May. Let's say you're coming out the middle of May. Well, so that means that your buyers and your sellers and everyone else will start waking up around that time, too. Fast forward it two months, and you're going to start seeing basically where there's going to be drop-offs. So there's going to be a significant drop-off in closings, we think, in June or July just because agents weren't allowed to leave their houses to go do the sales. that just it's Or just, even, you know, maybe you were allowed to leave, but nobody wanted to show their house. Right. Just makes sense. Now, yeah. with that said, we still firmly believe that there's going to be what feels like a real estate boom that's going to last. A for mini what, boom. A mini boom. Yeah, we're calling it a mini boom. So we think it's going to start in June, and we think it's going to end in August or September. And, and all you're doing, and it's not rocket science that we are figuring this out, is you're just taking a certain percent of the sales that would have happened in the spring, and Julie and I are assuming 75% of the transactions that would have happened in the spring will be brought forward because we're believing that there's going to be a 25% drop in sales just because of unemployment and other you know, ex- extenuating circumstances, but you know, like mortgage qualifications and the rest of it. So you're going to look at essentially the sales that should have really happened in earnest in uh, first or the second half of first quarter and second quarter they're going to be happening in mostly in the second half of second quarter into third quarter and then maybe a little bit into fourth but probably not so that's what's going to happen it's going to be a very abbreviated year um, and um, as the our, they used to say it's going to be a bit of a gap year for a lot of us but you still can make money and really where a lot of the focus has been on our normal podcast throughout the week is drilling down on making sure agents are focused on doing the things necessary to make the most of this mini boom. Uh, and I had someone ask me, I've had a lot of people, it's so funny, you guys will text me or Julie and you'll be like, all right, so tell me, if you guys were selling real estate again, mm-hmm. what exactly would you be doing? It's like, you expect me to say something different than what we say every <laughs> right. day on the podcast. Here's That's the, the funny part, right? Here's what we haven't been talking about. We have a special Facebook ad that we'd run. Yeah. No. You no. see how your guys' minds are conditioned to look for gimmicks? Got to have that easy button. You see what it is? That's what you're doing. Your brains are so conditioned to looking for the easy button. That's what's going to keep you broke. Easy buttons keep you broke. Yeah. They always will, always have. There is no magic pill that you're going to swallow and give you the body of your dreams or the bank account of your dreams. It just isn't going to happen. So 
I'll, I, so I had someone ask me that. Julie and I were in our daily six-mile sojourn around our property here. And uh, someone um, called me, actually texted me, and I called them back. And there was a question about EXP, so I called them right back. And the uh, question was just that, what would you be doing? And so not feeling like I wanted to answer the question in the same exact way, I asked the question, the, it was a gal, I said, so tell me what the top three things are that you don't want to do the most in your business. It's <laughs> probably That's the same answer. Yeah. She, or you wouldn't be asking. <laughs> and she didn't want to answer the question, yeah. right? You guys never do. And well, then, you know, that's why it's called work. Right. And then, and, then, and then after she sort of like, you know, tried to avoid the question and I wouldn't move forward. And I said, this is the question. Answer the question. Then she basically said what the right answer was. You know, she'd pick up the phone. She'd actually start doing the real work of real estate. She'd learn how to work on probate. Maybe she'd focus on expires or for sale by owners. And I asked her what the top three things that she wouldn't be doing if she was basically urgent about making money. And and she told me, and then I said, then tell me what the top three things you've done in the past week. And guess which they were. Mm-hmm. They were the things that she already knew wouldn't put money in her pocket the fastest. To which then I asked her, well, why are you doing those things if you know they're not going to help put you in a position to help people and make money? And that was where the conversation got fun. And I'm asking you listeners to ask yourselves that question too, right? What are the top three things you're avoiding in your business? They're going to be all the proactive lead generation. I already know. Then, then, or maybe you have listings and you don't want to do price reductions, right? The real work of real estate. Okay. So then what, you know, what are the three things that you did last week? And, and a lot of you are going to say centers of influence and past clients. Um, or you're going to say, I worked on anything that starts with I'm working on. Or tweaking. Or tweaking is a waste of time. So I'm working on my website, my branding, my logo, my Instagram, all that stuff you cannot do in this market. That is sort of, honestly, guys, it's just, those are play things that in this market, there's no place for them. So you got to keep that in mind. You got to drill down and really do the things that you know that you're supposed to be doing that you don't want to do. It's called doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. Now it's Sunday and I don't feel like being ranty and I feel myself pulling up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to rant. <laughs> I don't want to rant. Step away from the rant. <laughs> so I'm going to have a sip of my Diet Coke. Yeah. Okay. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so do you have predictions for upcoming weeks and we've talked about you know closing predictions what the ebb and flow of that probably will be well i mean you and i are i finally got hey listeners i finally got julie reading and listening to all the nerdy shit i've been listening to and reading mm-hmm. she's most actually, of it she's actually having conversations with me about all these you know totally nerdy stuff about economics and she and i talked about monetary modern monetary theory and <laughs> the you know the, oh, the federal reserve and how it works and fiat currency she's well, never wanted to talk to me about that stuff somewhat yeah well now she's learning about it it's kind of fun yeah. to you know anyway so predictions well, I'll, I'll give you one i'm predicting that a whole lot of these guys get their ppp money i am already seeing that oh, yeah, flow definitely. in and uh, that's great. Our private Facebook page for our coaching members, they're posting, all, we have always every day posting victories. That's part of what we do can we, there. Can we talk about that for a second? So, yeah, sure. Guys, literally, SBA PPP is, is essentially going to be free money for 99% of you. And what they do is they're going to take your 2018 average monthly income, and they're going to multiply it net income, and they're going to multiply it times two and a half. And they're going to give you a loan for that amount of money that if you use 75% of it turns into a grant that you don't have to repay. Right, and this applies to W two or ten ninety nine. You, if you don't know how to do it, or if you're tired of essentially going down rabbit holes with bad information, we've already decoded all this for you. Just text the word survival to three one nine nine six. Text the word survival to three one nine nine six, and we're going to text you back the link, and you can download that information. It's urgently important that you do all that, and I'm even going to strongly demand, insist, beg <laughs> all of you guys seriously consider 
going on unemployment and also doing the mortgage forbearances. Julie asked me a question and I'm going to answer it. So what are the second half predictions that I think both of us can yeah. feel relatively confident? Well, that the housing boom is going to fall by what's going to feel like a real housing bust. Mm-hmm. And it does, like we are uncertain, you and I, because we were just, we hadn't really gather enough information honestly a couple months ago whether there's going to be a depreciation cycle that's going to be following all this i think the answer is inevitably yes yes i think the question the only question is what the timing will be on it and how broad it will be and i would also imagine that it will not be consistent from city to city that Mm -hmm. you'll see certain towns probably the coastal ones probably the vacation markets that are affected differently just as, you know, there were places in the recession that didn't get smacked down as hard. And then you had places like the Inland Empire and Vegas and Phoenix that really did and much of Florida. So, you know, we're never going to be in this in like every town is going through exactly the same thing. Nope. The old saying that real estate is local is going to be especially true this go around. You know, if you're impacted by um, certain businesses where everybody lost their job at whatever business has been fueling your town, well, you're going to have a different experience than maybe the town next to you. So you've got to really pay attention to what's happening uh, locally and support your local businesses as much as possible. And, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see going forward. But yes, a first stagnation of pricing and then probably some depreciation. The uh, economic data that's going to be coming out for second quarter is going to be absolutely shocking. Yeah. It's Especially gonna, when they have an entire quarter full of data. Well, just April. just like six weeks worth. April alone, though, it's yeah. going to be shocking. People are going to be like, they're not, I, I've been reading some different economists um, predicting about how bad it's going to be. And it's going to be, the numbers are going to be so bad, they're going to be unbelievable. And here, I'll give you guys a little secret. The numbers are always um, high when they produce them. And usually a month later, they come out with the... Uh, real numbers and the real numbers are always lower. I've never heard once where they say this number was like this and then where they didn't revise it downward the following month. So we're going to see some an absolute destruction of the U.S. economy that took place in April and probably May and obviously most of March. Um, and that obviously is, you know, leading to all the unemployment. It's, you know, it's staggering what we're all living through and we're all experiencing. And none of us have really, you know, you can read about it, you can sort of imagine it, but you can't really know what it's like until you're out of quarantine, until you're actually able to return to some resemblance of, you know, normal life. Um, and that's not really going to happen, guys, until the there's a cure, there's a real, you know, provable therapy for the for the virus. Um, and I love all the optimistic news that's coming out there where they're saying they're going to be able to have you know, they're putting the uh, virus into their vaccines into different testings. And, you know, it, Julie and I've been writing about that a little bit on our main site, timandjulieharris.com. That's a news site if you guys never have discovered it. This not We don't talk about celebrity crap. We don't talk about the tech companies. We don't talk about all the things that maybe, for example, Inman talks about. We talk about the stuff that's frankly most relevant to you guys. So go to timandjulieharris.com and read our daily news site. And subscribe to the newsletter, too. We, we'll send you a summary every day or maybe twice a day if you want it. But in any event, what we're predicting is going to happen, I think, is basically that the thing, the economy on a whole is not going to have any sort of meaningful recovery until the vaccine or, or you know, a therapy and or, you know, at the same time after that happens, then you're going to see unemployment start to turn around. There's going to be no V-shaped recovery, though there'll be a little mini boom in housing and maybe some other things, too. Um, and a lot of people are going to be going into a mode of um, hoarding like never before. I, I really think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see a lot of people having been taken by surprise by the first round of quarantines yeah. and whatnot in fear. 
now they're and and basically a lot of the reasons that stores and you guys think about this the reason that quarantining happens is for two reasons obviously to keep this virus from spreading but also another reason is to control um you control me they don't want people getting together and forming mobs frankly they don't want people looting they don't want to be able to have some resemblance of civil control and that's essentially one of the biggest reasons why you want to do a quarantine. And if you that's the real reason, frankly, that a lot of these governors in these different states are still doing quarantines because they're worried about civil unrest. Look at California with what Gavin Newsom, is that his Newsom. last name? Newsom did, Newsom. you know, trying to shut the beaches and whatnot. And people more or less said, screw you. <laughs> and then guess what he did? Backed off. Because what the government doesn't want you to know is that the government at the end of the day is basically like our, our friend Ben... Shapiro says the government is essentially a massive gun and the massive gun essentially at the end of the day, that's all they've got. And if they're worried about the massive guns and this is really the conversations that obviously take place at the highest levels, they know that they can try to control us as much as they possibly can. And they you can see through this virus pandemic how far they're actually willing to go. And then when they start gather, when they start realizing that people are going to revolt, um, then they sort of start to back off. And I'm really glad to see there's not been any real civil unrest. I'm Frankly, I was honestly worried about that. There was in some cases, but I sure as hell didn't like the images that were coming out of California just yesterday showing that police on horseback protecting beaches from people that wanted to go to the freaking beach. I mean, that's not something well, that should be happening in our illogical. country. I mean, just the sentence keeping people off of California's beaches. It's California. It's all about the beaches. Yeah, but that know? is... But, but so, there's only so long people that are used to doing that every day can put up with being locked up. But also it's bad science, too. They've, they've essentially concluded... Well, yeah, you're supposed to be outside. They've concluded that the virus is really essentially not effective at spreading when you're outside, and it doesn't like the heat. And they've also proven that doing cardio every day, actually, it creates a particular... I can't remember if it was an enzyme. I think it was a hormone that gets released that does combat uh, the ability to get the virus. So... It is very counterintuitive and but counter science. But here's the point. So everyone's going to basically, over time, and by that I mean the next few months, they're going to start realizing some things about this virus, which frankly I'm kind of shocked we don't really know shit about it yet. I mean, there is no real conclusive. They're I still know. throwing spitballs, it seems like. Yeah. You know, but in any event, let's just say in the next three to six months, they're going to be able to you know, say, okay, the, we suspected the virus doesn't do well where it's hot in more humidity that's true we suspect this we suspect the other thing and then they're going to go back and they're going to say well seems like you know we didn't need to have this level of destruction of our economy through first quarantine and shutting everything down it seems like the government overreacted it seems like these big you know world health organization type organizations all these people that were supposed to have our backs it turns out a lot of them didn't know what the hell they were doing and the problem with that and i'm not you know who knew Right. I mean, they should have known. Isn't that what their jobs are? And shouldn't they have known um, all kinds of different things that they didn't know? Maybe so. Maybe it's not fair to even assume that. But here's what really matters is people aren't going to trust them. People are not going to trust the government. People are not going to trust these big organizations. And in the fall, where, again, a lot of these you know big brain uh, virus people are saying that there's going to be a return of the virus, if they're going to try to put people back in quarantine with people still sort of like getting over quarantine shock from this go around, what's going to happen? 
you know, the one thing that's going for the country is into the fall, into the winter. Obviously, people won't want to be outside for most of the country. It's well, cold. Of, yeah. So there's that. It'd be a little bit easier to be inside. Right. But what? Are, what how, how are people going to react? Are people just going to... That's where I, this... I think there's going to be a fair amount of skepticism, probably. Right. And here's... So there's that. You're asking me what my prediction is. Well, and you started off also by saying that there will be more hoarding. I read an article this morning sure. talking about, um, you know, the out the psychological outcome of this. A lot of people are predicting more of a depression-style mindset about consumer spending and about being frivolous, and you know, people may be hoarding cash. But, but that goes back to lack of confidence, right? It, it does because why would you do that if you thought everything was going to be fine? That's right. I mean, I remember when I'll never forget when Julie and I, when we were living back in Columbus, Julie and I have known each other since high school and got married when we were twenty and twenty-one. <laughs> That's you know, and uh, I'm I'm 50 and Julie's 39 plus 10. You guys can do the math. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I remember when we were living in Columbus and we had to do help her grandparents um, move who had lived through the Depression, Minnie and Alan Fultz. Yeah. And I remember helping them clean out their house. And I remember coming across the hordes of stuff that Julie's grandma had stored. And it was just mason jars full of stuff. And there was empty mason jars and there was containers. A giant ball of rubber bands. Massive. You never roll, know when you're going to need one. A ball of rubber bands that was like bigger than, you know, the moon. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and just all these things. But you, And it was fun to, in our life of abundance, sort of make fun of that type of behavior. And to say, oh, my gosh, you must have been, you know. But now you kind of understand, right? Well, and she would say stories. She would tell us stories of the Depression. She had a brother that was part of the public works thing that built the uh, part of the national Let's parks. Let's talk about that in a you second. Know? Yeah, but but those were real stories. Those were very present. I think that was her prevailing mindset throughout her life. Because when we were doing that, that wasn't like right after the depression. You know, she was like seventy years old. And guys, if you ever wondered why people did that type of behavior, obviously you hoard to take care of yourself and your family. But the other reason you hoard is because then you have something that's tradable. Right. I know that seems like a totally bizarre thing to say, but it's totally true. You know, maybe many was thinking you should be able to trade rubber bands for, I don't know what, pots and pans. But the reality. I'm seeing trades go on on our, our local Facebook page yep, all the time. Exactly. People, you know, order groceries, the order gets screwed up. One of my friends had 12 bottles of Clorox when she ordered one. <laughs> so she traded them for some other stuff with some of her neighbors. Well, I would have kept the Clorox. I, I mean, that, right. that's a fine <laughs> value. Yeah. Well, so like you mentioned the public works thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a fascinating thing because Julie and I, like I said, we've been spending. During our quarantine, we've been spending a lot of time, and they did close the beaches here, so we weren't going to the <laughs> beach. And we've been spending a lot of time reading and listening about the Depression, but specifically, not about the economic aspects. Um, we are listening more to basically what the effects were on humans, right, on civilization. Now, the, the thing that there are a lot of things that are parallels, but a lot of things that aren't. The biggest one being is back during the Great Depression, we weren't as many humans, right, in the, on planet Earth, let alone in our country. And people were a lot more spread out. And there was a lot, there wasn't as many white collar jobs and just all these things. So there are a lot of parallels, but truthfully, you can't really draw that many because everything was different. And the biggest one that was different overall was the fact that back then we weren't on the gold standard or we were on the gold standard and we didn't have fiat currency. So like, for example, back then you have these and you still see these black and white pictures of people on bread lines and these forlorn people just standing out in the rain, you know, looking for just handouts from the government. Well, that never will happen. That doesn't happen now, but it did. Right. So everyone said because of the different ways that people can receive benefits, whatever you want to call it, from the government. You'll never see bread lines again. 
and yet they're bread lines again and they're going to food banks and there were and Julian and I was really surprised I didn't see I don't really watch or read or pay attention to mainstream news that much and when we saw the first image that we did we put it on our website of the bread lines and going up to the food banks and they're happening in all major cities in San Diego and LA all up and down the coast everywhere the most essentially the the richest part of the countries have the longest bread lines going to food banks Mm -hmm. in their cars so they're not standing out in the you know cold rain waiting for bread they're actually in their cars waiting to line up and so that they get essentially the uh you know handout put in the trunk of their car and they drive away but that's happening again so what we're starting to see is we're starting to see more of a breakdown of you know people call it supply lines but more of a breakdown of people's uh, essentially confidence like if you for example now you're going to question the government now you're going to question the authorities that essentially are telling you what's good and bad for you now you're going to go to the grocery store and the only thing that's going to be there's 12 you know cans of clorox or whatever So then what happens is people start to become, and they don't have jobs, or they know someone who doesn't have a job, or the job that they have they don't feel very secure in, um, you know, having to walk around in masks. So you see all these, so when I said there's no real parallels, or not a lot of parallels to the Great Depression, it's for all the reasons I just stated. Because the Great Depression was a, uh, an economic depression. This is an economic depression and a, and a pandemic, okay? So this is a lot worse because not only do you have all the economic downsides, but you're also being told to avoid your fellow humans. You know, quarantine, don't go to church, all this other stuff. So one of the things that I think we're starting going to start to see in the next 6 to 12 months is I think we're going to see a lot of disenfranchised Americans who feel left out, forgotten about, taken advantage of. I don't think they're going to run to politics I think they're going to basically just absolutely start to go berserk because they're not going to be able to take care of themselves and they're not going to be able to take care of their families. Yeah. I mean, I I have a local example. I haven't even told you about this yet that we're participating in with a family here that one of our friends posted. uh, She's she's part of some Facebook group locally here. And the mom said, I'm the mom of twin four-year-old daughters. We have been without food for three days. God. The girls are eating spoons of peanut butter. Can you please help me? Jesus. And I, so we had a big conversion on, on our Facebook page, and people are, you know, making extra grocery rounds and gathering things, and they're going to have something delivered to them. Did but we contribute? We yeah. Did, right? Yeah, we're doing two things. There's there's grocery gathering in the neighborhood here. Somebody's picking it well, up. That's and personally. Yeah, and then we're also doing um, our ATH PayPal you know, donation oh. for groceries. Well, but that, uh, I mean, that's like right know, around the corner. Did you know that you and I are feeding a, vil- a village in the Philippines, in the Philippines? too? Yeah. yeah, a whole village. It's yeah, we awesome. have a lot of Filipinos that work for us. Some of the best employees, staff members we've ever had, to be honest with you. Fantastic, Absolutely. wonderful people. And um, yeah, there's a whole village in the Philippines that we've been feeding for the past two months. Yeah. Guys, you can hold, you can feed a whole village in the Philippines. Get this. With rice and sardines. What, 400 bucks? 300 bucks. Yeah. Did we only give? Yeah. Okay. We've well, done so it the, twice now, I think, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. So these are the types of things that we're doing, but as far as but like... that's the modern food bank, really, is taking care of each right. other. But I think what we're going to start seeing, and this would be a very smart political move from either side, frankly, is there needs to be an announcement of a new public works thing. You and I talked about this mm-hmm. last week. Uh, bridges and you know all kinds of different things need rebuilt. There's going to have to be some organized way of putting people back to work. Um and honestly, cost and U.S. debt to be damned. Uh, there's no, no one's going to believe. And I don't think anyone believes that the U.S. debt will ever be paid back at this point. And that's, by the way, going to be the biggest economic shit show ever. Whenever that happens, when inflation kicks in, that's going to be probably next year or the year after that, guys. And we're going to be keeping you um, apprised of that. But you should Google 
uh, effects of inflation. Here's, I'll just summarize it for you. At first, everyone feels richer because their assets go up in value. Your house, your real estate, your, you know, in a lot of cases, even your cars that were depreciating might actually increase in value. You know, obvious things like jewelry, gold, all will appreciate, and, or at least let's say go up in cost. But then unfortunately what happens is massive inflation almost always, well, in, in modern fiat currency economic times, leads to hyperinflation, which leads to basically value destruction. So in the near future, next 12 to 24 months, we're going to see, you know, essentially devaluing of the U.S. currency. When the U.S. government starts putting trillions and trillions of dollars into the, the um, you know, it's like here, I was trying to think of a way to explain this. Actually, I was just trying to think of a way to, of understanding this. If we are all playing Monopoly together, and um, all you know, there's a set amount of money that's put on the board at the start of the Monopoly game, and then obviously in Monopoly there's various strategies, but the main one is to own the real estate that people are most likely to land on, so you can essentially get the most in rents. And essentially, your goal is to essentially drive your competitors and into bankruptcy. That's the whole point of right. Monopoly, right? Make them run out of their money. Well, what if that's actually was that's a normal like Monopoly was made back in the 20s, guys, back during the Depression true that's a fact and so what if the monopoly rules were all of a sudden changed that said basically as everyone is essentially you've been playing by the rules you own you know all the best real estate you're winning the game you've got the most money but all of a sudden your competitors are starting to go out of business you've basically almost won the game but then all of a sudden some heavy hand of the government throws some more money into everyone's pockets so the game continues and the game continues and the game continues what ultimately is going to happen is the person with the most assets is going to become richer and it's just going to continue to perpetuate but it also devalues the value of the money that you had so if you have a hundred thousand dollars saved let's say in cash and um, you know then all of a sudden everyone else basically has a bunch of money too because this is the most rudimentary way of thinking about it because and there's a finite amount of stuff that people can buy stuff going around from real estate stuff being eggs you know everything but everyone has the ability to purchase it what eventually happens is because there's such an increased demand for those types of items it causes the cost to go up right until the point where people can't afford uh, they don't have enough money so your cost will go up you'll need to, um, so in the short run they'll be like oh my assets are worth more but then what happens is when you go to the grocery store, and this is the downside, real downside of inflation, when you go to the grocery store, then all of a sudden your grocery bill is going to go up. And I read something, I've only read it once, and obviously I'm paying attention, that the cost of groceries is supposed to go up by 25 freaking percent over the next like quarter. They already started going up. Well, yeah, but, I mean, in, every, in a meaningful yeah, way. Yeah. And it's because, again, there's going to be that this is lesser. Some people are arguing it's because of inflation. Others are arguing because a supply lines were jacked up because people weren't leaving their houses because they weren't consuming as much. So it's really too soon to tell. But around the bend, and by that I mean into 2021, 2022, unemployment rates are probably not going to fall um, in a meaningful way. And you're also then going to start seeing inflation. And then we're going to be into a totally different economic cycle. Now, this all sounds very depressing, and on the surface it is, if you don't know what to do in an economic cycle like that. But here's, again, we're doing a lot of nerding out, reading, listening, paying attention. Interesting facts. The greatest fortunes of man, and you guys don't have to try to be a Rockefeller or a Carnegie, but the greatest fortunes of man are, have always been made during the greatest times of change. And if you look back into history, during times like this, that's when you see people that were smart and they were proactive and they weren't just hauling up and waiting for you know the clouds to clear. People that were actually making the most of what the market had to deliver were the ones that made the biggest fortunes in the history of history. Yeah. 
and they still have that money. A lot of the families that essentially become sort of the long-term, you know, global royalty in terms of net worths, the names that you still know, know today, those fortunes were made during these types of changes, these, these sorts of economic downturns going all the way back until even the biblical times, guys. Um, you know, all the biggest names and in, in everything you could possibly... Look, name the five richest people that you guys, the names you can think of, and all of them made a bulk of their for- fortune coming out of times like this because this is where they made the right move. So no matter how bad the economy gets... No matter how big interest, bad interest rates, inflation, who the president is, what the, you know, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be an opportunity to help people and make money. You just have to shift what you're doing and how you're doing it to make the money. And that's not just me being, uh, look, Julie and I do not consider ourselves to be, you know, pop coaches. We're not going to be sitting around cheering you along, making you feel good and rah, rah, rah. We want to give you the facts. And once you understand the facts and you feel confident you can take the action, then you're going to be motivated. And we're not just going to motivate you just for the sake of motivating you and not give you the actions to take, which is what, by the way, has become very popular. Sort of that's what everybody does. We're going to actually tell you exactly what to do because then when you know exactly what to do, you're like, you know, I'm not going to say looking forward to the times changing, but you're not going to be afraid of them. And so if you're feeling fear, it's because it's your brain telling you you don't know what the hell to do when the market starts to change and shift and sort of, you know, bounce all over the place. You don't know what to do. That fear that you're feeling, let yourself feel fear that feel the fear. Don't run from run from it because I'm promising you the only way to make the fear go away, it's not by drinking more, it's not by watching more Netflix, it's not by, you know, exercising more. It's not by, you know, doing the time-wasting things that so many of you have normalized in real estate. What it's really going to come from is knowing that you have the skill set to help a multitude of people in a multitude of different situations, which 99.9% of you do not have. Um, And that's what we teach you a part of our coaching program. That's what we specialize in, focusing on helping you thrive in changing markets, but specifically how to thrive in changing markets, working primarily with sellers. Well, I have to say from a coaching perspective you know, since I'm on premier coaching every day (laughs) with our live calls, uh, it is really fulfilling to me to see the transformation. The deals that we've seen coming together over the past, say, two to three weeks specifically, I hear these agents that haven't had those skills find their skills. You know, one of the things that we started coaching them on weeks ago, maybe months ago now, was don't let your deals die. And these agents will come to the call and they'll say, I can't believe it closed. It was my hardest deal ever. I had to learn this, 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 and this. And I thought it was going to die five or six times. I've never negotiated like that before in my life, but I made it close. And I'm just so proud of the ones that are taking action and embracing that. And I always talk to them about the fact that, you know, it's markets like this where you're really cutting your teeth and it, you're getting your stripes as a professional well, real many, estate person. Because a lot of them haven't had to do any of that, you know? Wonder, oh, never. How many call? Yeah. Well, you always have to remind yourself, Julie, that, it's like a generation Everyone, of agents. There's that, like one person that listens to us, and this is the this is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. You guys are listening to it, in case you didn't know that. I mean, Motley Fool just said this was basically the number one podcast for real estate agents uh, in the nation, and we've received a bunch of other awards and whatnot. And so we are blessed with the opportunity to be in many of your heads on a regular basis, and we're blessed to have you in our heads on a regular yep. basis. Now, I don't mean that universally. Some of you guys are real jerks, but I mean, for the most part. <laughs> most of you. Mostly. We say that with love. Can you say jerk with love? Maybe not. No, I don't yeah. think so. Well, but anyway, the point <laughs> being is that those of you who are absolutely char- charging after the market right now and going after expireds and learning how to price things to 
sell and knowing how to price things into this market, knowing how to have those hard conversations with Mm -hmm. sellers, knowing how to basically, you know, pivot your mindset away from believing that you can buy your business to realizing you have to earn it, being a proactive lead generator, learning how to pre-qualify, finally putting a pre-listing pack together, finally having listing presentation. When you guys put all these pieces together, when you've been through our coaching program, I'll tell you what comes on the other side of that. You won't ever allow yourself to have an opportunity to get by you. Right now, as you're listening to Julie and I, I guarantee flipping to you, every single one of you can think of at least two or three things that you didn't do, that you're procrastinating, that if you did at the highest level, if you knew how to do it because you had the skill set, you could probably make money from it. I'm right, aren't I? Yep. So isn't that interesting? Like how many of you guys have said that you're going to, you've listened to Julie and I talk about learning how to do BPOs, but you just haven't done anything with it. How many of you guys have listened to Julie and I talk about our coaching program and you haven't done anything with it? Isn't that fascinating? Why? What are you waiting for? Oh, I can't afford it? The hell you can't. Let me tell you about how easy that is. <laughs> if you guys want to join our premier coaching program, and we just obviously put all this together for you guys because of this market, you can join right now, no matter what your credit is, no matter what your job history is, no matter, doesn't matter what, you can join our coaching program. Um, and we have, we're working with a third-party lender that will finance every single person. Now, Julie and I had to underwrite that. It did take a lot of money, but we've made it so every single one of you can be members of our coaching program. And here are the terms, okay? It is a financed program. You, again, it's not based on credit or job history. Every single one of you want to be in it can be in it. If there is no interest if the loan is paid off within 181 days. There's no payment for the first month. I think the payment is $99.18 yep. a month. Most everyone pays it off within, um, you know, 181 days. Well, you can pay it off with half a closing for most Exactly. Of them. I know. It's, so, and the coaching program is uh, six months with an additional six months for free. That's really the bottom line. That's it. I just told you all the meat and potatoes of how you can get into the program. You don't have to finance it. You can full, you can full pay it. And if you want to full pay it, it's only 2500 bucks. And for that, guys, we give you everything, the every possible aspect of building your business in this market and you get a daily here's what you get starting this week oh did i tell you that we're doing it this week thanks for telling me on sunday afternoon yep we're starting to do you guys are going to get star in it premier coaching members i don't care premier coaching members are going to get two daily semi-private coaching calls a day so the two the first one is going to be audio only where you're just going to listen in and as people ask questions but the second one is going to be a live like zoom video conference with head coach Julie or head coach Rochelle, and they're going to answer all your questions. And they're going to work with you, answering all your questions, working through all the particulars of how to get transactions done, helping you get the free bailout programs from the government and all that. Guys, you can do these bailout programs and, and pay for our coaching program, right? You, If you're worried about where your closings are going to come from in June, July, and August, which you should be, you are absolutely batshit crazy not to be listening to what we're saying because we've just cured your financial problems. We've just given you the path forward to thrive in this new market. And yet, what are a lot of you doing? Going to think about it. Yep, I'm going to take a survey on Facebook, see if I should do that. I'm going to put a post on Facebook about what you think I should be doing. We just told you what you should be doing. And are you going to do it? How many of you are actually going to do it? Well, if they don't, they just get to compete against our listeners that have taken action. <sighs> they won't compete because no, they, they won't be able to compete. Away. Yeah, they'll just go away. Which is sad. Yeah, I mean, in normal times, you choice. guys could fail out of real estate and get jobs someplace. Do you think that's going to happen with unemployment rate being as high it is, as it is? Good point. So not only are we going to teach you how to basically kick ass in this market, but we're also going to show you through the government bailout programs how you can essentially pay all your bills for the next six months. I really don't think we could make a better offer to these guys. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So listen, if you want to be in the yeah. coaching program, um, you know you can go to our website and you can sign up. 
but or if you want me just to put you to the head of the line, just text the word education to 31996. Text the word education to 31996. Or if you want me to personally put you at the head of the line, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. And when you do, I will personally introduce you to one of our new member coaches that will help you get in the coaching program. You're looking for a direction. You're sick of watching Netflix. Okay, I just told you exactly what to do. You're sick of wasting time doing the things that you know won't work. I received so many panic calls from listeners yeah. like you guys in the past two weeks. You know, you it's like, oh my gosh, what I was doing. I was doing radio ads. I was doing TV ads. My team, my expansion team, my brokerage, none of these things are working now. What should I be doing? Well, it's like I, my first question, I don't ever always ask this because it's kind of mean, but I'll tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, how long have you been a listener? Haven't you heard what we've been telling you to do for the last, like, forever, years? And you haven't done it up to this point. You think somehow I'm going to be able to throw a Hail Mary pass and cure all your problems. Yeah. You've got, you know, you've got a lot of work ahead. You've got a big mountain to climb. And and once I tell you what to do, are you going to do it? Are you going to think about it for a while? Are you going to wait around to see if I was right or if I was wrong? Isn't that interesting, guys? Human behavior. You know, it's a fact that most humans won't actually take an action that they perceive will cause them discomfort until the actual discomfort of not having taken the action is, is worse. Is worse. Does that make sense, guys? So hopefully you're not like that. Hopefully you're actually going to take the necessary actions. You know, well, the mountain gets easier to climb with the first step. So waiting longer and longer, it seems to get worse and worse, and it really does. So temporary pain is still shortening that path, that climb. You just have to, you know, take that first step. In in our book, Harris Rules, which you know you can get on Amazon, I talk about we talk about the fact that. People sometimes don't take action because they've made it out into their head that it's going to take so many steps. It's going to be so hard to get to the other side. Well, you don't have to know all of the steps. You just have to take the first one. That's it. We'll help you with the rest. That's right. So listen, listeners, Julie and I are going to go on our six-mile sojourn around the uh, lovely Ritz-Carlton Dorado property. Feel sorry for us. It's awful. I know. First world problems, right? (laughs) I don't even know first world. (laughs) This might be a different world. Oftentimes, I think it is, especially when the iguanas come after us. But yeah, well, no, I'm okay. at the opposite of the it's spectrum. I mean, we feel I very lucky. No, I know. I'm just joking. Well, so, I mean, I'm looking forward to this week uh, as more people basically buckle in and realize that, um, you know, they, they're not a lot of people. The surge of agents are no longer getting ready to get started. They're actually doing yep. the things necessary. Um, listen, guys, the train is definitely leaving the station. It's already boarded, basically. There's still a couple seats left on it. you got to get on this because once... Uh, what we're saying is with we have are telling you this guys with a 99% level of uh you know certainty that what we're saying is going to come true there's going to be uh, the next 6 to 12 months it's going to play out exactly like what we're suggesting and the skills that we're frankly waiting for you to learn are here waiting for you to learn them so how long are you guys going to wait that's ultimately what this is all about so if you want to be in the coaching program text the word education to 31996 if you guys want us to present the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide to your group, you can just uh, text me directly at 512-758-0206, and I'll have our booker schedule an appointment with you. We're generally able to do, because Julie and I are pretty much going to say yes to everyone. We have said yes to everyone. I don't care how big or small your group is. Just put us to work. Help us help you save your agents and individual agents. Save yourselves. Take this information that we're providing in the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide. Um, make sure you take that information and you share it with all your centers of influence and past clients. Share it with everyone you know. Even the smartest, brightest, well-meaning people have a lot of bad information on these programs. Julie and I have made it like a full-time job to learn all these things. 
Just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word sur- survival to 31996. Anything else you'd like to say to these guys before we have, wrap, Julie? Get to work. You know, the adventure continues. You just have to participate in it. Lots of great things that are going to come from this, but you've got to get to the other side. So survive first, thrive second. We'll be here either way. That's right. God bless, guys. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.